to their white surprise, chapter 10. To your white surprise, I wasn't recording the last five minutes, so we're going to have to start from the beginning. To my white (laughs) surprise, as I enter hour 15 of my workday, we're back at it. We are settlering. We are embracing our inner settler and our inner anti-settler. We're doing decolonialism. We are doing what everybody said in the past. Because I forgot my book on my long subway ride to work today, I am hashtag readsettlers.orging on my phone from the website, the HTML copy of it, which did so much to spread Sakaiism over the last 15 years or so. And shout out to resettlers.org. Hopefully we'll get the webmaster on by the end of this series. Um, But also... We're we're going to critique the the Sakaiism that kind of flowed from that in this discussion about uh, chapter ten and eleven. Chapter ten is the nineteen fifties repression and the decline of the Communist Party USA, where you know Sakai as a as a Marxist Leninist, as a Stalinist, as a Maoist um, saw the Communist Party USA as having a uh, a revolutionary period or a revolutionary potential for a time um, that. Uh, uh, they squandered uh, de- through revisionism. Yeah, revisionism. Um, and you know, ultimately, their their failure. Uh, he would argue to support third world revolution. Their settlerism, ultimately, right? So, for in his mind, CPUSA uh, is uh, bashed against the shoals of American settlerism mm-hmm. and can't rise above that to support nationalist movements like uh, Puerto Rican independence. Uh, nationalist movements like the American Indian movement and others, right? They remain a settler enterprise. So absolving Stalin, of course. mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll get into that. Like some, some (laughs) other reasons the CPUSA declined besides what he mentions, but uh, to, to summarize his argument a bit here, um, he points out that when the CPSA was formed, uh, about half of it were immigrants who didn't speak English. And there was indeed a pretty important split in the early CPUSA uh, between its immigrant sections and its uh, native-born sections um, that, you know, caused a pretty major crisis in the early days of the CPUSA. Um, but that that dynamism gave it a lot of its strength and its potential. Certainly its, um, its influence in the CIO came from the cadres that it had within the uh, Yiddish and Finnish and, you know, the, the working class that spoke languages other than English, mm. um, that was how they were able to gain a lot of their institutional foothold uh, within the, uh, the institutionalized workers' movement and, in, to some extent, the United States, the, yeah. the, the, the United States government. Uh, but they were um, unable to retain that dynamism as they integrated into the the u.s state project Mm -hmm. the browderism the the popular frontism um all that was part of the degeneration of the cpusa as as he argues so browder you know the line of browderism is that communism is 20th century americanism and browderism of course is the idea that you need um to take the like the sort of Bill of Rights uh, republicanism of the United States that needs to be sublated into a sort of constitutional Bill of Rights communism, right? Which is the sort of trajectory that the United States is on. Um, something which is, I think, people laugh at it because it seems highly problematic and funny these days. There may be some element of truth to 
the conception that there is something revolutionary about America. But the point is, is that Nasai sees... Um, Sakai. Did I you say did it again. You said Nasai again. I said Nasai? Yeah. Because, dude, he literally just texted me. Nasai, <laughs> Nasai, it is 624 on Tuesday, November We got to get Nasai to come on the show. We have to. He texts me in the middle of Settlers, <laughs> and then I say Nasai. He, he just texted, sup, with four Ps. <laughs> Dude, I can't stream right now, man. I'm podcasting. Um, so, yeah, well, one point that he makes here that is kind of like a PMC sort of critique, that through the CPUSA's success, they gained a lot of influence in Hollywood in terms of like leadership of trade unions. People were in the State Department. You know, you got Marcuse working for the OSS and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But that just led them to be dramatically out of touch with the actual U.S. working class and the working class of the oppressed nations of the United States, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty valid. Um, sure. But then... From there, he pushes back against this myth that the CPUSA fell apart because of McCarthyism and uh, Cold War attitudes. And I and I got to give um, Sakai a, a gold star here because he's absolutely correct. And I think the sort of liberal or progressive uh, popular frontist historiography of the decline of the CPUSA is that it was a result of state repression. Uh, not a res- like a, a result of the failure of the popular front after the Communist Party was no longer needed anymore in wedding itself to the New Deal and that whole project, but instead just like the brute um, force of the U.S. state and Senator McCarthy destroying the, the uh, communist cadres. As um, I almost said fucking Nasai again, as Sakai points out, it wasn't the rank-and-file communists um, within the CPUSA who were working in steel factories or were trying to organize sharecroppers in the South who were the victims of state repression, ruining of livelihoods. It was mostly, of course, um, state officials uh, in various different capacities. The like, Lavender Scare. The Lavender Scare. Uh, it was, of course, because... Leading into the Red Scare. With Taft-Hartley, you have a uh, loyalty oath on uh, forced upon union leaders, right? It was within within the union leadership, the union bureaucrats and administration who got attacked on this and within Hollywood, right? Within the culture industry. But having already lost, as he said, much of their rank and file working class base within industry, right? It ended up affecting mostly the PMC, as we would call uh-huh. it today. Hey, folks, Sean KB here. Uh, just a reminder that our show relies on your support. So if you enjoy what we do and you want to hear more excellent bonus content you can become a patron at patreon.com slash the antifada it's cheap there's a ton of content and it would mean everything to us so thank you and we'll see you behind the paywall